another episode of Wrong Opinions Only with your hosts Justin and Kayla, and we are back for a movie review week. Again, I'm still not over this cold, so I apologize if I sound nasally or a little congested. Just deal with it. Anyway, what is our topic this week, Kayla? <laughs> we're getting weird this episode because we're talking about weird as hell movies and whether we think the movies we gave each other qualified what makes movies weird? And then we're going to talk about our films because we actually gave each other films from the same director, which also probably makes the director weird. Yeah, uh, I think he's just a weird dude and it just happened that we picked two of his movies. Which is pretty funny. Uh, definitely unintentional. Okay. So what makes a movie weird, I guess? Like what? what I, makes that's it weird? such a broad question. I think if it's just tough to follow either the plot line or... There's moments in the movie where you have no idea what the purpose of this was or how the hell did they possibly conjure their, that up in their mind to put that in a movie. Yes. Yes. Which I, happened a lot in the movie I watched. I would add also movies that have an ending that's kind of like leaves you on a weird cliffhanger. Like one of those, is it a dream? Is it a not dream? Like, yep. or, you know, those type of endings, like, I always go, that's a weird movie. Like when the ending is not linear or clear, I consider that a weird movie. And when weird things happen, you know, they don't follow a typical plot line, like a crash, right? Controversial film, interesting yep. film, but could be confusing sometimes in the different, how people connect and, and where it's going in certain parts, you know? Sure. Okay. Why not? So do you like weird movies? Yes, I like movies that keep you on your toes, that have kind of those weird, surprising endings, like you said. But too weird is too much. And we'll get into that when we do our reviews, but I need to at least still be engaged and able to follow the plot line from mm -hmm. beginning to end and not just be like, what the hell? What the hell? What? Who? What? Where? How? Who, who's that? What are they doing? Why did that happen? Yes. You know, if you if I need to read a dissertation on what happened in the movie, it's probably too weird for me. That's my exact same when things are left up for interpretation and you're like, it could be seven different ways. It's up to you. I don't like that. Um, if if the movie premise is weird from the beginning, like you could say everything everywhere all at once was a weird movie. Right? Yeah, I thought it was a weird movie. But like I understood that was going to be the way it was, and I was along for it. When a movie's super serious and then has these weird elements, I'm like, be weird or be nothing, essentially. Oh wow, new motto. Be weird or be nothing. Be weird or be nothing. Let your weird shine. You know, you know, I think weird movies are fun at night when, you know, like you're looking for something and you land on a movie you never heard of. And it's after a few drinks or yes, some other extracurricular yes. activities like who knows? Yeah, exactly. But if I got to work hard at it, tend not to watch it. So let's just get into our movies because we have a uh, complicated, not complicated films. So what did you give me? I gave you Ex Machina, which is one of my favorite movies which is kind of weird to say, I think. When I finished it, I knew this. Um, and I had to then reflect in my thoughts, not just of the movie, but that it was your favorite and what that says about not you. Not my favorite, one of my one favorites. Of okay. And I've been wanting to give it to you to watch for a while. And I thought it fit well enough in Weird as Hell movies because it's a little out there. It's not crazy like the one you gave me, but I think it had enough elements to make it weird. I uh, It is also available on Showtime currently. Um, I had heard of this film, obviously, when it came out. Um, was, you know, up for many big awards at the time. And I think it was just one of those movies that when I heard about it or saw the trailer, I was like, I have to see that. And then, you know, you don't see it in theater and then you kind of forget about it or, oh, yeah, I forgot I want to see that. Surprisingly, for an A24 film that I didn't actually see. So I'm glad to add another one to my list. Um, but, yeah, I was excited to see it, too, because it was a movie I always intended to see and just kind of missed. And it's really like three actors them the whole yes, time yes. there's not really a lot of outside stuff going on you're just focused on one solo location i love oscar isaac who's a lead in it um the actress i'm blanking on her name right now she is amazing in it too alicia and, vikander yes vikander, yeah. alicia vikander and my boss has actually said that uh my wife chitlin reminds him of alicia vikander 
Okay. You see the resemblance there? I, Maybe after yeah. she has the hair oh, and the yeah, skin yeah, suit yeah. on. Maybe but. if you could, yeah, if that's uh, <laughs> one of your guys' things. Um, so I gave you Annihilation, which is available on Paramount+. Plus. And this is a weird one. Normally when I give you a film, it is with the attention. Now, listen, I generally always love the movie I'm giving you, or at least uh, liked I it. I liked it. However, the movie I gave you, Annihilation, I... I, I didn't like it. I did. I dislike. Like, did I hate it? No. Would I ever watch it again? No. But when I think of a weird movie like that, came to the forefront of my mind. And I completely understood that. Like ten minutes into the movie, like yeah, I do love Natalie Portman, and she's the lead in this. So I was excited. Natalie Portman's a badass. Let me watch it. You know, I may have regretted that choice, but you know what happens. You you have to see it to know it, yep. like to know that, okay, this is what the film was. But yeah, that was, okay, I'm glad it fit the bill. Um, all right, who wants to go first, you or me? I'll go first. Okay. All right, so let's start off with Annihilation. All right, this is going to be fun with my little chest cold here talking about Annihilation. So it's a movie based on a 2014 novel uh, written by Jeff Vandermeer. Came out in 2018. One hour, 55 minutes. The writer and director was Alex Garland, which is something Kayla and I shared in our films. The budget was about $40 million, And worldwide gross, it did about $43 million. So Oof. barely scraped Oof. by. Yeah, not great. Rotten Tomatoes, 88 critic score, a 66 audience score. Which just proves Rotten Tomatoes is a bullshit metric. Like that's <laughs> sure what that proves. Is, sure is. Wow. I, I have no idea how that happened. Perplexed. So as we mentioned earlier, Natalie Portman is the lead in this. She plays Lena. Um, Kane is her husband. That's played by Oscar Isaac. Two great actors. Uh, there's Jennifer Jason Lee plays Doctor Ventress. And then you have Tessa Thompson yes. playing one of the yes, supporting yes, yes. characters, Josie. And then Gina Rodriguez playing another supporting uh, character, Anya. So a pretty good cast. You know, it is pretty tight. You know, it's pretty much those five mm-hmm. characters are the focus of 90% of the film with a couple other things that happen in between. But are you ready for me to try to do this? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious what you're going to spotlight in this. So, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to do this, number one, because I can barely breathe right now. Yep. So also, don't pass out, but do pass out if you have to. But also, I have no idea how to explain this movie. So uh, just count me down, Kaylin. Okay. I guess I'll give it a shot. Wait, wait, give me a second. Okay. Ready? Three. I thought I'm counting you down. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. count me down. Three, two, one, go. Natalie Portman is Lena, a biology professor and ex-military, married to Oscar Isaac, a.k.a. Kane, who is still in the military. Kane appears out of nowhere after 12 months. Everyone thought he was dead. Lena and Kane get brought to a government facility near an odd anomaly called the Shimmer. They've been studying it for years, but they can't figure out what the, its purpose. It keeps expanding its area. Everybody who enters never returns besides Kane. Of course, Lena finds some smart women who are entering the Shimmer in a few days, and she volunteers to join for some stupid reason, suicide mission. They go in, and shit is just crazy, weird-ass alligators and bear creatures. The Shimmer refracts everything in it, and everyone's DNA. A plant start growing to look like people's. One of the people just decides she wants to become a plant. Uh, women start getting killed and going crazy. Lena finally makes it to the end destination. Alien shit happens. She blows it up, ends the shimmer. Lena returns to the facility, or so you think. Curveball, Kane, and Lena are both not real Kane and Lena, but they were created from the shimmer. The end. 46 seconds. Bam. I really uh, love the tail end. You, you had a good summary. Right? I, I think I hit it all. Okay. Alien shit. Um, and so much weird shit in between at every minute of this film. It's just, I don't even, yeah, I don't know how else to summarize it. It's, you have this kind of globe <laughs> shimmer thing that the scientists are trying to figure out what its purpose is. But every time they send somebody in, they don't return. Like no equipment works in there. And then one of the scientists that enters, you know, with Lena and the main characters, it's, Oh, it's a prism. Everything refracts on itself, so you can't get radio waves in or out. But everybody's DNA is being altered and duplicated, and they, they can't remember anything. They're going crazy. Yep, There's yep. bear-slash-cow <laughs> creatures. Beer, bears, by the way. Oh, my gosh. At one point, a bear kills one of the women, right? Yes. Just out of nowhere. Okay, let me just murder her. No big deal. As and bears then, do. 
later on, another one of the, the women go, starts going kind of crazy because she's seeing her fingerprints are moving on her hand. She ties up the other three and is asking questions and then hears her friend that died earlier screaming for help. She goes to find it. But instead, it's just this weird bear. Every time it opens its mouth to like uh, roar, it's just the voice of the girl it killed. Because that was like the last thing she did. So it just somehow absorbed. Could, like, mimic her voice. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, a bear that can mimic its last victim screaming, that is horrifying. Yeah. I, it was just baffling to me. And then, you know, they have plants just growing to look exactly like people. Like, what are we doing nope. here? Yep. I, I don't get it. The plant people? I have some big kind of question right off the bat. Okay. They're not having people wear hazmat suits when they enter. Like, when you leave the Shimmer, you're in isolation, you're quarantined. But to go in, they don't decide to try to put some type of protective suit on you. Good call. I don't... That's just something that all these scientists overlooked in their three years of studying it. Fair. Fair point. Okay. I just... It makes no sense to me. There's no additional background check. It's just, oh, Lena's a biologist, former military. Let's send her in to kill herself. Like, what? It's just they're desperate. They don't. They don't know what the shimmering sphere thing is that people go into and don't get out of. They're they're still said anyone. Yeah, uh, apparently, and you find out that all the women that really volunteered to go in, they all had some baggage. One was, uh, I think she was going to die of cancer soon. One lost her daughter, and she didn't really have anything to live for. Another one was suicidal, and it's just. They were like, we don't have anything to lose. Let's go see if we can figure this out. And one of the first interesting spots is when Lena and them find a videotape from people that went in before. Mm -hmm. And her husband, Kane, was on the videotape cutting open one of the other soldiers. And you see his intestines moving. It's Or it's like a worm inside of him. And they're all going crazy. So it's like, what the hell is happening? And they just keep pushing forward. Like, oh, yeah, well, that sucks. Hopefully that doesn't happen to us. Let's keep going. I I just, I don't get it. They get to (laughs) this lighthouse at the end, which I guess is where everything started. Uh I I guess that that was the whole purpose. Let's get to the lighthouse and that'll give us answers. But nobody's ever made it there. Of course, Lena, Natalie Portman, badass, makes it there. And she sees a video of her husband killing himself with a flash bomb but then somebody else walks out from behind the camera and it's him so his dna was duplicated to basically make not a clone but yeah a duplicate of himself and they foreshadowed that earlier when she was looking and she sees like a weird deer in the forest and the deer just all of a sudden there's two deer and they start hopping around so you're like okay this is weird so the cane she met wasn't actually her husband which is why he was an idiot and she's like i don't know i don't know anything who am i what are you what am i doing here and she's like trying to figure this she goes into like the dungeon of the place there's a hole it looks like it kind of looks like stranger things like the underneath right where it's just a whole bunch of like alien branches and arms and intestine like walls like yeah yeah. intestine walls and there's this light that just starts creating like a like an alien form looking like a human. It then looks like her. And then, yeah, then she exits. It looks like her and she lights the flash bomb or it's mimicking her. So she hits it. It hits her back. It follows her. It it knows all of her moves. And then you see her light the flash bomb and hand it to the alien creature. You think to kill it. And then it's crawling around. It goes down into like the basement core area and eventually catches everything on fire. It blows up. The shimmer's gone. But then you kind of find out at the end with a nice little wink to the camera from, you know, the Lena that made it out alive that that's the fake Lena. It's the alien Lena. See, I thought it was more like, no, I for sure they're aliens. But I also thought it was like a little ambiguous because of what they say to each other. Like, they're days from their experience. Her She's husband's in a coma, right? Or, until he awakens. And when he sees her, what he, he's like... She, well, she walks is in. Is that you or something? And she goes, you're not the real Kane, are you? And he's like, 
I don't think so. And then he goes, but I recognize you. Who are you? And then they kind of have like an embrace. And then you see their eyes kind of glisten. It's a weird situation. And, you know, when they were questioning her, like, what happened in there? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then uh, one of the main scientists is, what? Was it alien? What happened? What did you see? And then she gets like really, oh, I don't know. What type of form was the alien? Oh, I don't know. Just doesn't answer any of the questions. So then it's like it's the alien trying to protect itself looking like her. And then my wife pointed out a great, great point that I kind of overlooked when I first watched it is Lena is the one who had the flash bomb when she was in the lighthouse because why else would she kind of crawl around? Mm Mm-hmm as she's dying to just blow that thing up. Like the alien wouldn't do that if it was going to. Right. I don't. It just, Again, if this weird sounds movie. weird, it's weird. It, <laughs> it is. I don't, I don't know what else to, to say about it. It's, it's baffling. Um, yeah, I don't. Is that it? That's. I, do you have anything to add, Kayla? I don't know how else to describe this without sounding like I'm going crazy. It's, I will say like the cinematography, like the visuals of it were interesting. Like. The colors, the like, they have a botanist, right? Tessa Thompson's character is like a botanist and she's like, you know, the colors, the way that light is reflected, the way that the things are growing in ways that they don't in normal area earth. And then she just kind of fades away. Like her voice gets all light (laughs) and then she just starts wandering and Lena's like, uh, bitch, where are you going? And she's following her and like, vines are growing from Tessa Thompson's skin and she's just like, I gotta go. And Lena's following and then she just becomes like a tree person. Yeah. And then you see a bunch of figures that look like her and you're like, were those all people that be... And also, who gets picked to be a tree that's kind of like the short straw? Like, I mean, give me a fighter's chance. Like, probably better than being eaten by a bear, no? (laughs) Yes, yeah. And if that... I mean, we'll definitely be posting the picture of the bear because it's terrifying. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that was cool. But again, I just hate things that are confusing all the way around. And then I thought that ending was very like, or what are they? Like, are they aliens? Are they changed from the shimmer? Are they like... Yeah, because once the shimmer died, they both survived. And Kane, who was on his deathbed, like organ failure, the shimmer died off, all of a sudden was healthy. I will say I did note in my um, watching it here that the lighting, the cinematography was very odd. It's It was very bright but blurry when it was in certain contexts, which I guess was trying to hint or indicate that maybe this wasn't the real, you know, when they were in the shimmer, the lighting right. made a certain sense. Right. But there were times when they were outside of the shimmer and the lighting kind of mimicked that. And you're like, I don't understand the purpose here. But I listened to kind of a breakdown of some of the stuff after, and they mentioned all the scenes where you see liquid in the glasses. Like when Kane comes home the first time, he's drinking water, and the way it refracts through the water isn't normal. And then there's orange juice later on where it looks normal because Natalie Portman's drinking it. But then at the very end, Natalie Portman is holding a glass of water, answering these questions, and it doesn't refract the right. same way so that really kind of gives you the the, the smoking gun yeah. that it's okay yeah. this is the an alien type creature i i really don't know what else to say about it because <laughs> it's just so confusing to watch and to talk about it pro- I, we probably sound crazy if you somebody just has have to, to see it to know and make your so on the weird scale where does this land one, one to ten uh 8.5 yeah that's pretty high it's okay. pretty high um you know, I guess there, the there was some type of general storyline. Oh, there's this crazy anomaly, yeah. Area 51 style. How right. do we fix it? And Natalie Portman's great. But that's about it. Everything else was baffling to yeah. me. Yeah. I know an interview with Vulture Garland said, my express intention is to make an ideas movie, and it is deliberately setting up questions, not all of which have answers. So... He's he's into like you questioning various parts of his film. I wonder how like how it reads as a book. 
all of the shit that's going on in there. It's got to be so It's dense, a book right? I probably would not want to pick up. No, I'll tell yeah, you that yeah, much. Seems... Like, you know, definitely not a movie that did well. But uh, yeah, it it uh, had uh, only made like thirty million domestic, so it lost money domestic box office. Probably the initial wave of people who didn't know what it was about jumped in, and then they realized it, and everyone shared the plot, and they were like, "No way, pass." Well, it's not even the book came out in twenty fourteen, so it's not even like it's been around and it got this right. cult following of the book. It's just, oh yeah, let's make this weird ass movie, and they had to throw in the word annihilation, the movie title, towards I love the it. end. When uh, I think it was Dr. Venturus was in the lighthouse going crazy, turning into just the orb of light. And she goes, Annihilation. Like, okay. <laughs> what? I, hold on. I, I need that on loop. Just Annihilation. That. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Uh, let's get into Ex Machina. All right. Okay. So, as I said, Alex Garland is the director as well of this film. Also came out in 2014. Notable stars, we have Damal Gleason. Uh, I love him. Uh, ironically enough, this movie deals with AI, and he played AI in Black Mirror, which is I was going to say the Black Mirror episode is weird. I also hate time travel movies, as you know. He was in a phenomenal time travel movie that I thought was amazing. Also has, uh, uh, who's in The Time Traveler's Wife? Also in the Rachel notebook. McAdams. Yes. Yeah. You know, one of her three time travel movies that she's been in. She was in this she one just with loves him. him. Correct. She's I don't really like him as an actor personally. Oh but. man, I love him. Okay. Alicia Vikander, as I said, and Oscar Isaac. And like you noted, pretty much those are the only members of the film. Had a budget of 15 million and made 36.9 million at the box office. It was a movie that was made on a shoestring budget because he wanted complete control. He was afraid that if a bigger studio gave him more money, they would want creative control. They'd want big action scenes and he truly wanted his vision. So a lot of it was just saving money wherever they could, which I can appreciate in a film. Uh, got a 92% Rotten Tomatoes. Damn right. Won a bunch of awards for like different state festivals, but I think the biggest obviously is it won an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, mm -hmm. which it out the martian star wars the force awakens the revenant and mad max fury road and it was a stunner people mad max fury road was probably the favorite that year yeah out. so they were stunned by that one some fun or interesting facts so the title derives from the latin phrase deus ex machina which means a god from the machine and it's a phrase that originated in Greek tragedies. So it was when an actor playing a god would be lowered down via a platform and would solve the character's issues, resulting in a happy ending. Can't say this ending was too happy. Depending on who you're rooting for, which I'll go into. Yep. Um, he, the director, Alex, described the future presented as 10 minutes from now, meaning that if somebody like Google or Apple announced tomorrow that they made Ava, we would all be surprised, but we wouldn't be that surprised. Which fits. That's fair. Yep. Um, despite the many visual effects present ex machina, there were no green screens or tracking markers used during the filming. All of Ava's scenes with Alicia Vikander were shot twice. One with Alicia Vikander, then one again without her, so that the background could be filled in around Ava's robotic parts. So I was, was wondering a lot how they did that. Post-production okay. editing. So that way, the actors could just do a seamless acting job in scenes. They didn't have to... You know, have certain. She had her suit that she wore, but they didn't have to re-change green screens and all of that. It was just shot as was, which was pretty interesting. Um, and did you know that prior to the casting of Vikander, the producer strongly considered giving the role to Felicity Jones? Different movie. I could see it. I uh, know. Give me. Vikander. I, I loved Alicia Vikander in this, but I, I Felicity Jones. I mean, Rogue One was so good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could she could have pulled it off. Yeah, I just, yeah. I'm just partial to Alicia Vikander. Yes. And uh, did you know that Oscar Isaac took the role of Nathan in Ex Machina because he was intrigued by the fact that he was a reclusive genius with an air of mystery around him? And he kind of tried to resemble himself as Stanley Kubrick and Bobby Fischer. And that's why he had that beard, was a la Kubrick. I love Oscar Isaac playing those types of roles. Yes, yes. He is perfect for those types of roles. Agreed. Okay, I'm ready for my plot line, and I don't feel confident in the minute, but I'm going to shoot for it. All right, you ready? <clears throat> Three. Count me down. Two, one. 
Programmer Caleb works for a search engine company and wants a contest for a one-week hang with the CEO, Nathan. Nathan is a weirdo who lives in the middle of nowhere next to a waterfall and has a servant named Kyoko who doesn't speak English. Nathan has Caleb sign NDA to reveal he has a robot named Ava with AI tech. He was brought to do a Turing test to see if Ava is capable of thought consciousness. The test is passed if Caleb forgets she's not human. Caleb spends time getting to know Ava. Nathan proceeds to be an asshole drunk who loves to make Caleb uncomfortable and belittles him. Ava reveals to Caleb that Nathan is a liar and is not to be trusted as nursing, causing power outages to shut down the surveillance system that Nathan uses so they can speak privately. Of course, Caleb falls in love with Ava and tells her that he's going to get Nathan drunk and steal his credentials to hack into the system freer. Kayla also finds out Kyoko is a robot and that Nathan has a history of creating abusing female robots. Nathan discovers his plan so reveals Kayla was only brought on to see if Ava was able to manipulate him into freeing her thus proving her consciousness. And just when he's laughing in his victory of discovering her plan, Kayla reveals he already did it and Ava escapes. She has robot whisper with Kyoko who then stabs Nathan while Nathan tries to fight Ava. Ava stabs him, locks Kayla in his room, escapes via helicopter, which is a nice crosswalk. Holy shit, Kayla. You... <sighs> talk a mile a minute 55 seconds i covered a lot if you you could parse out any part of the plot that you know well i've covered you covered pretty much a lot of the details yeah (laughs) that was well done i am about to pass out now um excuse my giant gulps of breath okay so first few thoughts before i really get into the nitty-gritty i liked the movie i really did like probably 15 minutes in I kind of pause it and I go, okay, this is where I think, like, I know I'm going to like this movie. Like, I just yep. was confident. I got to say, I didn't love the ending. Oh, I like the ending. I didn't like the ending. I I read a lot about, um, because I was like, am I the only one? I didn't want that, a happy ending for that. You know, immediately 15 minutes in, one, I know Kyoko is a robot. I, I started yeah. to, you immediately have the... Uh, Caleb's a robot because when you're talking about robots that they're saying has AI technology and looks just like a human, I go, is Caleb a robot too? I mean, well, then he starts cutting himself because he's not he sure if he is he or is. not. Yeah, yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. Um, and so I, I got to like Caleb part of it's cause I like the actor too. Mm. He's a dweeb. <sighs> Justice for Caleb. And the way that she leaves him, cause again, Caleb, like presumably as we know him seems to be a nice guy. That's why Nathan picked him. Because he seems to have a good heart based on his searches. And his porn search history. Yeah. Yes. And so he, you know, he's obviously fell in love, has feelings for Ava, and is trying to get her to escape. And the way that she turns on him, I mean, I felt bad. I mean, the guy's going to die there. There's just no way around it. She left him for dead. And so, you know, I, I wanted to see what Alex Garland thought. Like, am I the only one who felt some type of way about Caleb? Like... Is everyone just rooting for Ava? Like, well, number one, uh, our boy Oscar Isaac got the shaft here. All right. He had this what? thing. Yeah. He he should have been the hero of this. He came up with the AI. He developed this brilliant guy. He p- got the test completed exactly how he wanted to. Oh, hey, you were going to try to help her escape. And he was, you know, screwing with Caleb a lot because... Straight up, Caleb thought he was smarter than he was, right? So you had uh, this brilliant guy who basically runs Google, right? That's the equivalent here. And uh, he just keeps kind of patronizing him with like, oh, Mr. Quotable, look at you. You're so smart. And then Caleb's like, well, actually, that wasn't me. That He's like, yeah, I know what it was, Caleb. Like, fucking relax, man. Let's hang out, have a drink, chill. And he gets the test done. Like, he created an AI that made Caleb want to save them because he felt such a way about her. And then Caleb goes and turns his back okay. on Nathan. Okay, I have, and I gets, have to huh. stop you at this horrible rewriting of Oscar Isaac's character, Nathan, who created these female robots that were meant to feel like humans, to be seamless difference from a human in them and, and how do you prove a that? horrible abuser like he was yeah. a, what physically like sexually like mentally definitely emotionally oh yeah i do like, not condone the getting all of that he was a villain he brought the sexual thing's not okay that, oh, that's just oh, weird okay that's weird he brought uh. he brought the way he treats kyoku i cannot but the way that he's it's a robot, even Caleb. brings on Caleb, who's seemingly a nice guy. First, Caleb thinks that he's brought on because he's a randomly chosen in this contest. Okay. Then Caleb, <laughs> in the middle of the movie, thinks that, oh, he picked me because I'm a really good programmer. Yeah, bullshit. And that I know the best questions to ask this AI to prove that she yeah, is. Yeah, the best questions. What is your name? Oh, hey, how, how old are you? <laughs> he was terrible. Wow, this says so much about our dynamic of the characters that we appreciate. 
And then at the end, he finds out, no, he was just brought in because he was a dorky guy with no attachments, no girlfriend, no family, no real ties, and thought he would be the best one to get manipulated by Ava. He, he actually just wanted to prove that she was true AI technology by seeing if she could con this poor simpleton into helping her escape, which she did. And fulfills yeah, his plan, but great. he's evil. He, he he doesn't have the trolley mustache, but he might have all has. It was sweet, sweet justice when that knife slid not just into his back, but into his chest. I don't know. He made an AI. He made a robot who hated him. A pure being. Yes, that, of course that it's going to hate him because when you make a robot, guess what? It's you can't just let it out in the world unless you test it and oh, know she everything. She didn't hate good. him because he kept her there. She hated him because he tortured her. Not her. He tortured the other one. Oh, he tortured her. You're. T- oh yeah. He only uh, was horrible to the first seven robots, but not the eighth. The eighth, he was okay and treated nice, and they had tea and cookies. <laughs> no. He was a horrible monster deserved to die. I don't know if he it deserved to die. It was pure justice that he his deser- creed so should kill him. For- you want the robots to take over. That's what you're saying. No, let me continue. <laughs> so when I looked to see what Alex had to say about it and see if there were other Caleb fans out there for me, he said when people kind of, because more people had that feeling that I had. And he said, it simply never occurred to me that thought. Because I felt so allied to Ava. If your proximity is with Caleb, the young man, I understand. I could follow a logical argument that allows for that interpretation, but it's not mine. You're rooting for Ava the whole time. You know, that that you should consider the story from Ava's perspective. That Caleb only wants to release her because he's in love with her, right? And that he could end up being a Nathan later on. We don't know. And also she'd be beholden to Nathan because he was the only one that knows she's a robot. You know. Okay, but here's the thing. Unless anybody, yeah, okay. Listen, I get that. At no point was I not rooting for Ava to escape. No, obviously. you're rooting for Ava. I could care less about Caleb, though. But unlike the movie AI, which is another film that has AI oh technology, I felt and saw genuine humanity in the character David. Now, it helps that David's a kid, right? And yeah. Haley Joel Osment, who was a beloved child actor. But I felt like... He was a human being with feelings. Like, at no point did I not consider him a boy who missed his mom. I didn't really feel that with Ava. Like, and part of it was because from our point of view of the movie, she is manipulating Caleb. And that's why she has this kind of push-pull with her feelings. Because she's purposely doing things to get Caleb to do what she wants, ultimately. Yep. But the way that she sliced into Nathan with, like, nothing... And didn't even spare a word or look to Caleb to me was so like next level sinister to me that I didn't like when she's on the elevator and Caleb's like pounding on the door and she, she doesn't, I looked, she doesn't look at him once and she's walking around the house and going to the helicopter. Like I got like a shiver. Like I was like, this person's terrible. Like at no point do I not think she's killing later in life now that she's free. At no point do I think she's not going to kill someone again. How about Kyoko straight up? Basically committing suicide to help her escape is what happened. In my uh, quick rant, I said uh, they have a robot whisper, which (laughs) is like, I don't know if it was a robotic language or what, but also sweet justice because he tells Caleb that don't talk to Kyoko, she doesn't speak any English, and Kyoko killed him with nothing, no words, nothing, just a slow stab, which also was kind of soundless. It was a creepy stab. You're so used to like... The ugh, you no, know? yeah, the slow. It like, was like insertion, and it was a knife and butter. There yeah. was like no noise as it slid into him. It was that was jarring too. I love to Oscar Isaac after he gets stabbed. He's like walking down the hall and he's just muttering and he's just like, "This is fucking unreal." I'm like that is such a great line. He's just like, "I can't believe my fucking AIs just did this to me." And I did find it believable when he's like stabbed but like the shock of it hasn't yeah. really gotten to him and he's walking around he's like okay like almost like he's planning his next step like i have to get to my bedroom i have to do this but like he's not making it to any bedroom he's dying in two seconds but his brain hasn't kind of caught up with his body yeah. yet which i which is true experience so i loved it and i loved the manipulation like i said of caleb of him having these three parts and the ending when Nathan is kind of so smug, like, mm, I overheard your entire plan with Ava of how you're going to escape. Like, nice try, buddy. Like, yeah. get you're going home, like, and I'm going to be rich and happy here with Ava. And just the, like, 
predetermined plan of Kayla being like, yeah, I already got you drunk. The plan that you think is about to happen already happened. So why did he, I guess he had to tell Ava, but like, why did he then lay that all out if he knew it was going to happen? You know what I mean? Because I think he knew the time, like when, when Oscar Isaac goes, oh, it's 10, she's going to wonder where you are. He knew that was the only trigger that needed to happen. It was all she had to do was stop it. And it worked as far as he knew his coding. And so he's all, he, he had was... nothing to lose. I mean, listen, he could have avoided getting punched and knocked out. I don't know why he didn't just, I think he was stalling to get to 10 for her to, because I thought when it was happening, when Nathan started to reveal, like, I'm on to you, I knew yeah. your plan. I go, nah, you know, I was like, Caleb's too not devastated enough for me that he caught on. And I was like, something's up. I go, he was fucked up and he had access to the computers. I was like, maybe he, uh, and he maybe said it that way so that um, Nathan wouldn't look into what it mm-hmm. being already done because he's looking forward to it and knows that he's going to stop it. Be- and that would make more sense with how fucking heavy-handed and obvious he was trying to get him drunk. Oh, hey, or have this drink. First thing in the morning. Oh, hey, you don't want to have a drink? Oh, and he hasn't wanted to drink the whole freaking time and he's trying to get him hammered, you know? So maybe you're right. That was just a stall tactic the whole time. But I guess, I guess it kind of... It worked out for him. Yeah, it worked out. I mean, I just felt, like I said, like Ava, I was rooting for her to get out because, I mean, she was, for for all seemingly the capabilities, a human, like human-like being. And, but again, like, I just didn't feel that, like, real humanity in her totally. Like, at the end, it's, you realize, like, Ava's really been testing them, not the other way around. It's Ava's sections. She's been testing them. I just would have liked, like, even if she used Caleb as a tool and was like, you're telling me, you know, nothing? You feel like not one? I Like, are you capable of feeling bad? I, I'm not 100% sure. Like, yes, he proved that she was able to manipulate and he listed a bunch. She's like, your sexuality, her, her this, her that, her sympathy. Like, she touched all those points with Caleb. But I just didn't, like... I don't know. It's not that she had to like laugh and mock at Nathan die, but like something for an abuser, like something that shows me like it wasn't just a clinical killing to get what she wants and like nothing to Caleb. She just tells him to like stay there. Well, that's the thing. I just felt cold. Like I felt she felt she didn't feel more robotic than in that moment. Like she felt like a robot that last part. With Caleb knowing how the whole place operates and it gets shut down you can't get out of these room he just stayed there when she was like hey just stay here hold on a minute like what are you doing also that's got to be one of the worst ways to die i'd probably want to freaking be in nathan's shoes more so than oh uh, yeah he's gonna starve to death like he's just he's gonna have to find a razor and kill himself in there like something or you hold out for some amount of time hoping that somebody's tried to get in touch with nathan and nobody could and yeah, because he's in the middle of nowhere. So I, I have he to presume he's the just... computers and... Yeah, they're wasted away for a while, I feel like. I feel like Nathan's the type to be like, don't don't call me for a month. I also love that house. I want that house. Oh, yeah. Well, that... not, not the weird dungeon part, but like the, <laughs> yeah, not the, the normal part. Yeah, yeah. Not the creepy closets with like robot bodies. No, yeah. Yeah, well, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like that's my only thing is like, you know me, I'm trying to find that like thing emotional thing i'm connecting to and ava like i said did never felt more cold than in that last scene like i was like i don't know she can love i really don't and it's it's a little odd on ava's part because she got out and i understand you know nathan is the enemy to her but nathan did help her formulate this plan to get out essentially because he was laying the groundwork with caleb of hey you know what she probably won't be the last one. There'll be another rendition. We're probably going to have to uh, shut her down and and really try to get Caleb's sympathy towards Ava to help his whole kind of research. But Ava doesn't really care about that. She just wanted to get free. She just wanted to get free, and what she did, and so good for her. But I just I worry about the world in which she absolutely is willing to kill to get what she wants. So like, when she gets bored with the crosswalk, like, oh, you have a nice place. 
stab my place now. Like, I just didn't feel confident that she wasn't going to go on a killing spree because she understood the value of human life. Ex Machina Part 2. <laughs> I'm just saying. So crazy, yeah. I um, also had uh, one quick scene noted down here, which... Uh, Hold on. Oh. I'm going to mention a scene just in case this is the okay. scene because I, ha- I have to. It's got to be. The best. Okay. So on the weird scale, I'm just going to say it up front. I put this pretty low because probably like a three because Nathan is weird. He is a weird character. Like, and they do some weird things with him that I'm about to talk about. They have sex with AIs, Kayla. It's a little weird. But they, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nathan's weird. And then the other guy falls in love with an AI. A little weird. That's not weird. You get to know Alicia Vikander, a.k.a. Arova. I don't know. I don't know. Listen. Kayla, do you you have something to tell us, (laughs) Kayla? Don't talk about my robot, okay? (laughs) Um, So there's a scene. Now, you actually mentioned at the top of the hour about scenes that, like, you don't know why this was included in the film. Now, I do have a reason why this scene was included in the film. It's because the absence of it, Sounds horrible. I Now that I've seen the scene, it has to exist in this film yep. because I want to do the scene. I want to learn the parts of the scene. And it's a scene where Nathan is constantly drunk in this movie and he's with his robe, what we don't know to be a robot at the time, Kyoko. but his servant, Kyoko. And he turns on the music. Yes, yes. And Caleb's like stone cold sober and she starts dancing. And he's like, Caleb, you know, like have fun, like dance with her. She loves to dance. <laughs> and Caleb's like, no, this is awkward. Like, talk about because she was trying to take her clothes off. For yeah, Caleb, and he's like, and he was like, no, stop, no, stop, 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 stop. And uh, you know, he's feeling real third party. And uh, Oscar Isaac's like, well, I'm gonna hit, fucking hit that dance floor. And then he and Kyoko proceeds to do the most outrageous synchronized dance, perfectly choreographed, perfectly choreographed, like just out of nowhere. Yep. And it was the most beautiful thing that I rewatched at least ten times. Oscar Isaac, those hips move like ass out like he was his whole hips and move were in it i was enthralled it is the most random dance scene in this movie that otherwise has no context to the entire film it is wild great scene i had that that's the scene i was gonna mention because it's it's just a great scene it's hilarious just funnily put into the movie in that spot and it's hey he's having a good time I don't, he choreographed this dance with his robot. I just, I love that scene. It's truly wild. Watch the movie just for that scene. I mean, this movie, like I said, Nathan is weird. The tension is for real. Like not knowing Nathan's deal, like until you realize what he's really about, you're like, does he hate Caleb? Is he just fucking with him? Like, is that how he's a rich guy getting off? Like he just fucks with people. Cause he just makes Caleb feel like shit every time he interacts with him and gaslights him to all hell. So, like, that, the tension part was hard. Because I'm like, Nathan's about to fucking kill. I, he was wild. He was a weird guy. So, I mean, that one, it, it's a great thriller, for sure. And the visuals, like I said, how they kind of did Alicia Vikander's robot was really cool. Um, particularly her stomach, like the different whirling yeah. things. Uh, which they spent a lot of, a lot of their time and money was just on that. Because it was so detailed. Um, yeah, so overall, really liked the film. Um, the dance scene alone, I would recommend for people <laughs> to see it. And uh, yeah, I would have rather, I guess if I could change the ending, like I would have either rather had Caleb get killed during the escape, like just as like a factor of yeah. it. And she has to leave him or like they went together. Like that would have made it better for me. Almost even if Caleb died, like that would have made more sense to me. Like he was helping her and he gets hurt, and that's why she leaves. I totally would have changed my opinion of the ending, I think. But with the way that he manipulated the system, he had it set so when somebody escaped, the rest locked down. So that's why he couldn't get on the computer and and, uh, reverse it at the end, because that's how he planned to screw over Nathan. So really, it came full circle on him. That's true. Bad hacking that he couldn't unhack what he did. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my feelings on the film. Let's give our VHS rating, shall we? All right. So I'll go first since I just finished. I am going to give this film a five out of six. All right. That's good. I'd give it a five out of six. Like, I didn't feel, I felt good watching it. Like, I was like, that was a good movie. I, I, I agree with you on Ex Machina. 
Annihilation. Annihilation. A solid six for you, right? This is finally your six? Solid <laughs> two out of six. Oh, wow. Okay. Natalie Portman carry you the two. Yeah, Natalie two? Portman's the only, and Oscar, <laughs> uh, Oscar Isaac didn't okay. do much. Natalie Portman's the only reason it wasn't a one out of six, honestly. I, yeah, totally. Yeah. I understand that rationality, and that's fair. I actually have no complaints of that whatsoever. <laughs> um, Okay, I also think we should see that new Alex Garland film, Men, that's recently come out. That might be a nice full circle thing where we see the latest weird movie that he comes out with. Well, if it's like Ex Machina, maybe, but if it's like... I, uh, I can't tell you either, or we'll just have to see it. Okay. All right, let's draw our next movie review topic. Go ahead, Kayla. Okay. Get something good here. Get something good. All right. What do we got for next movie review? <laughs> oh, this is so vague. Person with a problem. <laughs> Why did you write that, Kayla? I don't know. A person with a problem. Every movie's got a problem, but okay. So the main character has a big problem they're trying to yes, resolve. Yeah, like we'll that, that. That has to be the premise of the film is okay. solving this problem. Okay. Ex Machina, Nathan is trying to get a Turing test done. <laughs> Listen, forget Nathan, okay? There's no justice for Nathan. He's a scumbag. Okay. Person problem, not a global problem. Got it. You got it. Okay, so that's our next pick, and let's get ready for our Swarly of the Week. All right, so my Swarly of the Week is Netflix. Okay. And it's kind of their recent developments. I'm sure if you don't know, Netflix is having a huge loss of subscribers, uh, 200,000 subscribers they've lost. They've actually decreased, not increased, which has their stockholders all abuzz, but that's not really why they're a Swarly. Um, honestly, I think their model is what is causing that. But what they're choosing to do, of course, is what happens. People get fired when things like this happen. And the shade I'm going to throw them is that they had in their latest round of firings were just like a high volume of people. I, I follow a lot of interesting writers, and they some of them do work for Netflix. And the way that they got fired was like, some of them found out via the press reliefs before they even found out from the company. Ooh. Like some of them were actually recruited. Like they worked for high profile papers. We're told come to Netflix. We'll give you this. Had them move cross country. A lot of them from New York and vice versa. And then fired them. Some people got told uh, one of the departments who handled Tundum. Have you heard of that? No, it's new. Um, it's named for the sound that Netflix makes when it starts to dome. Uh, but basically it was like a site, kind of like a BuzzFeed that they wanted to do for shows that come out where they could keep up the momentum. So like behind the scenes yeah. stuff, funny articles, like, and it was new. So it's just, you know, you ever, it hadn't been able to grow. They were told like, oh, this, you know, this site, we're going to give you time. You're just learning. And then like a month later, they're like, yeah, you're done. We're closing <laughs> this down. And it's just like hearing the writer's stories was just so sad on Twitter and just like, you know, and unfortunately a lot of them were a high volume of queer and like people of color because these were subsects of um, groups that were like picked for this, like most, which was a Twitter handle that had a lot of queer people on. It was kind of highlighting the different films and stuff mm -hmm. like that. There were like all, all types of little groups that were the first to go. It just sucks the way that they did it because it's like, you want to be prided on this company that does all of these things and was at one time. And then you're going to like treat people like this. I just always find that so shady when like they don't do severances like Buzzfeed, like you've everyone's yeah. been hearing about these companies lately. And I understand that, you know, they're losing money. They're, they're looking at groups that they can afford to cut loose, but it's the way you do it. it speaks volumes about the company, you know, rhetoric and yeah, trash swirly. All right, my uh, Swarly of the Week. I've stayed away from sports Swarlies of the Weeks for a couple months now. Okay. But one I just couldn't pass up on this week, the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. The Cincinnati Reds threw a no-hitter the other day. Great accomplishment. It's happening more frequently in baseball. baseball. Yeah, baseball okay. team. And so they allowed zero hits to the other team. So that's awesome. Good job, Reds. It's happening a little bit more frequently now, but that used to be kind of like a big thing every time a baseball team would throw a no-hitter. The problem is they lost the game. They oh, allowed zero hits to the other team, and they lost the game one to nothing to the Pirates because in the eighth inning, they walked three batters and had an error, so the Pirates scored one run, and it is the sixth time since 1900 
a team has allowed zero hits and lost a game. Wow. And the first time since 2008. So complete swarly. Awesome accomplishment. And they just completely blew it because their offense couldn't score anything. Total swarly. I mean, the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, I've been to a game, you know. What can I say? Huge baseball fan <laughs> here. Uh, actually, the most pro sports somehow has been baseball for me. Yeah, that's because uh, when we go on road trips, yeah, I make so you, you always go say to we a baseball, baseball game. game. Yeah, so uh, swarly. I'm with it. All right. So, our friendship question of the week, Kayla, what's one thing you used to love to do as a kid that you no longer do and why? Uh, for me, I'm going to say draw because I was always an artsy kid. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, I was in art focus, so I took a lot of art classes. I even took a portfolio class, which was basically getting your art portfolio ready for college. I didn't end up going to art school, but I was really into art, different mediums. And, you know, college, I was busy reading books and different stuff, and I got away from it. And now, like, I have all these art supplies, but it's just I'm always like... Oh, I could sit here and do this, or I could work on this project or go yeah. do this. And it's something that I always enjoy, but I just don't make time for anymore. So definitely draw. I'm, I, I'm definitely losing my art skills. So Okay. For me, something I used to do as a kid a lot and love to do was I used to collect uh, trading cards, sports cards, mm-hmm. uh, mostly baseball. I'd buy new packs, new decks constantly. And I would keep track of the value of my cards and composition books, like all the ones that I'd, uh, you know, put in different cases and whatnot. And I just loved doing that. And it kept me up to date because I was so sports obsessed. And you get older, you don't really have time to, to do Pull that. Your composition also, notebook. Yeah. And also there's been a huge uh, sports card boom over the last couple of years when the pandemic hit where values are going all over the place. So I started looking at getting back into it and, and maybe getting some of my uh, cards appraised, but just the pricing and the timing of that is is crazy. You got to send them out to certain uh, authenticators, and you know you miss being kind of the young kid, yeah. just like, oh, cool, I got a new Derek Jeter card today. This is great. Now I just kind of show them up on my walls mm-hmm. and everything, and hopefully we'll pass it down to my kids one day, and it'll be worth millions. Who knows? You know, and I will buy them a fresh new composition notebook. It would be my honor. Oh, wow. You're so thoughtful. Thank you, Kayla. Beep boop. You sound like <laughs> Ava. Beep boop. Up. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's it for our weird-ass movies. If you have any weird-ass movies you'd like to highlight, listen, reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter. We're around. We'd like to hear from you. And as always, we'll see you next week. Well, that's it for this episode of Wrong Opinions Only. Please follow us on Instagram at Wrong Opinions Only and on Twitter at Wrong Opinions JK, where we'll be dropping some clues and hints to upcoming episodes. Until then, JK out.